You are listening to the audio portion of the QB Power Hour webinar series. The QB Power Hour is a free bi-weekly webinar series for accounting professionals presented by Michelle Long and Dan DeLong, who are very passionate about the industry, QuickBooks, and apps that integrate with QuickBooks. You can find out all the details about the webinar series at qbpowerhour.com. So without further ado, here's Michelle and Dan. Welcome to another QB Power Hour. We'll be talking today about telling your story, uh, marketing for accountants. Um, Michelle is is with us. Yay! <laughs> Hi, everybody. I am recovered. I am a COVID survivor. And I'm very proud to say that I had a test last Friday to reassure my mom, and it did come back negative. So all is good unless I try to run up the stairs or get too active, and then I start, start coughing. But I'm very glad to be back and be with you all today. Um, again, I'm, you know, Michelle Long, CPA, owner of Long for Success, trainer for Intuit for many years, really missing all the training activities that's going on right now. Um, but very glad to have you all joining us. That's enough about me. Dan, how about you? Uh, my name is Dan DeLong, owner of Dan Width. Uh, or <clears throat> we transform businesses through technology. Just finished technically editing uh, QBO for Dummies, the sixth edition. And, um, Chief Content Creator at School of Bookkeeping. Uh, so we're joined today by Dave Young. Dave, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dave Young. <laughs> <laughs> A man of many words. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, any of you that were here uh, a, a year or so ago might remember me, but I, I did a, a session for you on marketing to personas, and we talked about Myers-Briggs personality types and things like that. Um, I do marketing and advertising consulting for owner-operated businesses around uh, around the U.S., uh, Canada, Australia. I've got 60 other partners that, that I work with. Uh, and we work with owner-operated, uh, small and medium-sized businesses. A lot of service and, and, businesses. And you specialize in, like, short-term or long-term business cycles with the... Uh... What is your oh, ideal? Are you talking about like our, for our clients? We prefer yeah. uh, we prefer the types of businesses that have long product purchase cycles. So um, a restaurant, not a good thing. We make decisions about food, you know, three times a day. Um, uh, a plumber, uh, an electrician, a roofer is, is a pretty good client. A, uh, a retailer that sells diamond engagement rings, because hopefully we don't buy those every six months. Um, I would love to. <laughs> Not an engagement a, ring, but, you know, jewelry. Yeah, there may be a once or twice in a lifetime purchase. Um, and so uh, it's just because we we focus on branding those types of businesses. And in our presentation today, we'll, we'll talk about why that is. Be because um, those types of purchases that, that are uh, a long time in between them are typically things that uh, you can't, you can't uh, plan for they they just pop up in somebody's life and they go all of a sudden they need this and uh, that that's why we like those we we like uh, putting our clients in a position to be remembered when the need finally comes up that's awesome well we're well, very really glad to have you joining us and sharing your expertise with us today i think this is awesome thank you i'm excited to be here thanks so um Michelle, you want to talk about the, the upcoming? Sure. So thank you all for joining us today. As you know, our QB Power Hours are every other Tuesday at noon Eastern. No uh, webinar for the next one because of the week of Thanksgiving. We're going to give you guys some time to spend, hopefully, 
with your family and friends. And even if that means over Zoom, hopefully you can get together and spend some time with one another and all that. Then we're going to talk about preparing for year end, some things that we can do ahead of year end to make January a little less stressful and a little less taxing. Then again, we won't have one the week of Christmas. Um, and then we'll let you know some of the, the other ones that we come, have coming up in January. And then um, we'll talk about building share of customer with web solutions. So keep in mind down there at the bottom, you can see the links to the PDF of the slides. The recordings are posted out there. The podcast is out there. So however you like to, to watch these later, you can access those out there. And while we're here talking about administrative stuff, I'd just like to comment too and see if you guys could put your questions in the Q&A panel as opposed to the chat. Because in the Q&A, that's where we can flag them for things that we want to ask Dave verbally and things like that. It helps us kind of keep track of those, whereas in the chat, we can lose the ones that we haven't been asked yet. And I also want to apologize about my webcam. I'm not sure what it's doing, but like if I do something like this, it'll change the lighting and it'll be good for a while. And my lighting will be normal and then it goes dark again. So I apologize for that. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, Dan, do you want to go ahead and go to the agenda? What we're going to be talking about with Dave today is he's going to talk about a discussion of character and story in marketing. And I think this is such a timely topic, Dave. I'm so glad we've got you here right now because we have a conference that's actually going on right now called Scaling New Heights. I know a lot of us wish we could be there. Um, some of us are attending remotely and there are some people down there, but there, it's all about rise of the advisor and RISE is an acronym, and the S in RISE stands for Storyfy. And so Joe, um, starting on day one on Sunday and stuff, they've been talking about your story. And so I think this is just perfect to bring Dave in to help bring this to you all, talking about your story and how important that is with your business. So I just think it's perfect timing. So Dave, again, thank you for spending your time and expertise with us today. Uh, it's my pleasure. So I'm going to go ahead and... Um launch the first poll, uh, which is what have you found to be the most effective form of, of advertising? It's a multi-select checkbox. So you can just uh, answer uh, as many as, as what you found to be um, your, multi, uh, your, your most effective form of, of advertising. Um, and then as Dave and I were, were, were preparing for, for this, you know, we were talking about, you know, the pro advisor listing is, is one of those things. And, and Dave's actually going to put me under the knife. Critique your profile. Critique my listing. <laughs> Very good. You know, it is real important on that because, you know, I've done that with some other people, um, critiqued their ProAdvisor profile and gave them some tips to improve it. And I've had people follow up with me a couple of weeks or a month later that said, Michelle, I made those changes and I've already gotten two leads from it. You know, whereas before they weren't getting any calls because your profile determines whether people are going to click on you or click on someone else. And so that's really important. So I'm glad that we're going to get to share that with you all today. Well, and there's nothing more boring than a, a profile that starts with for all your bookkeeping needs. Right, right. Um, we do okay. bookkeeping, payroll, and taxes. Uh, yeah, uh -huh. we know you're on an accountant <laughs> referral website, you know. <laughs> you and the other 75 others that I scrolled past. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to stop sharing uh, so that, Dave, you can you can begin your, your share okay. uh, while we're still waiting for some folks to, to answer. Um, does look like. I'm going to go ahead and share that. It is shared, and I'm going to share the results. So, yeah, it looks like 48% uh, uh, the ProAdvisor listing is uh, is the most effective form. And 
it's great because it's free. Um, <laughs> it's a free form of advertising and where it positions. Uh, and Dave is actually going to talk about a little bit about why that is actually probably the most effective form of for us. Well, and, uh, so, and networking organizations down at the bottom, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's actually even a little, a little higher. Oh, and, I didn't, I didn't have the window big enough. So yeah. yeah. And so, so both of those are, are story based, uh, you know, your pro advisor listing, you, you've got a place to tell your story in there, in that, in that profile section. And it looks like from, from ones that I've looked at, it can be about as long as you want it to be. A lot of them are pretty short, but, um, and then networking organizations, um, yeah, the whole idea there is to uh, build a network of people that can tell your story for you, right? So, yep. and that's and that's how I know Dave. Yeah, it's exactly <laughs> uh, right. We yeah. are we are in the same networking organization, so I, I'm glad that he was able to carve some time out for us today. So, oh, go fine. ahead and take it away, Dave. <laughs> I'm on. All right. Well, um, thank yeah. you so much for having me. And I I don't should, do I call you Quick Bookers or QBers or Power Bookers? <laughs> what? Well, I don't know how what to address would, you. Accounting pros. pros. Accounting yeah. pros. Oh, I like that. That because that kind of covers accountants and bookkeepers and pro advisors and because we're not all the same. We're all right. quite different. <laughs> well, when when Dan asked me back this year, I was thrilled and I had I had a great time with you guys a year ago. And then when he said it was going to be uh, the week after the election, uh, <laughs> I, I hesitated. <laughs> Um, I, I didn't know. I mean, would people show up? Is, isn't the world supposed to end? Um, apparently not having some trouble with my mouse. Sorry about that. Let's get that started. I need to get, there we go. Ah, (laughs) what a great start. So I, I figured the world was going to be ending. Um, I, I was, uh, worried about, uh, uh, toilet paper, um, <laughs> still happy to see that, um, I can't get that, that, that little bar to, to not be there. Oh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just ignore it. <laughs> just um, let okay. it there. <laughs> okay. So. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really happy to see that although there are still unanswered questions, uh, the, the world is still turning. Uh, businesses are still doing business. Uh, bookkeepers and accountants still keeping track of everything we do so that taxes and reports can be filed in an orderly fashion because that's what we want. And no matter who's in control in Washington, uh, we business owners will continue to rely on accountants and bookkeepers to keep things orderly, at least keep our books orderly for legal reasons. Now, of course, for you, uh, the reason for keeping things orderly is sometimes not for legal reasons, uh, because that's an external reason. I would bet that for most of you, the reason for keeping things orderly is that from your point of view, the world must have order. This is work that must be done, whether anyone sees it or not. Many of you uh, probably keep your sock drawer organized for the same reason. Order must be maintained, and that's an internal reason. Your own internal operating system demands it. And without bookkeepers and accountants and plumbers and carpenters and all kinds of system-oriented people, uh, we would be living in chaos. But your clients might not appreciate that sense of order. Some of them are trying to build a business by keeping plates spinning and jumping from one opportunity to the next, leaving crumpled receipts and hand-scrawled notes in their wake, and expecting that order is uh, too expensive maybe for right now. And marketing your services to them means you've got to figure out how to bridge the gap between your worlds. Just as their chaos 
is bewildering to you. Your desire for order is a mystery to them until they wake up and find out that they need you. So don't worry about this video too much. Um, it's not going to be a science fiction themed presentation, but later on I'm going to tell you that story is metaphor. And I think this movie clip is a perfect metaphor for a bookkeeper represented by the stable and unmoving obelisk and her prospective clients. Well, it's obvious who the clients are. Am I right? <laughs> now, if the clients are acting like that, they'd probably be former clients. <laughs> well, they, 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 those may be the clients that just don't know they need a bookkeeper yet. Right. They're, they're That's just, true. They're just still flinging stuff against the wall to see what's <laughs> uh, literally so, and figuratively. <laughs> literally, yeah. Uh, so before I launch into into the kind of advice to give you about using character and story to market your services, I'd like to share just a couple of pieces of advice about what is not likely to work when marketing a bookkeeping business. First is a unique selling proposition. Now. Uh, a USP. It might sound crazy because nearly every marketing guru on the planet uh, talks about finding that special nugget about your business that sets you apart and shows that you're different from all the other bookkeepers. Well, the problem is nobody wants a bookkeeper who marches to the beat of a different drummer. Doing the books isn't designed to be a creative endeavor. I also don't want an electrician or a plumber who has methods and philosophies that go against established safety codes. Can we agree on that? <laughs> we want our bookkeeper uh, to be responsive to emails and quick to answer the phone when we call. Uh, we want them to be available. We want them to be competent. Are you pro-advisor certified? Uh, we want them to be honest and professional and pleasant. Uh, any unique quality you might attempt to claim had better be relevant to these four items. And none of them really should be unique. I mean, you'd be a fool to claim that you're the only honest bookkeeper in town. <laughs> so on your website, you should show proof of these four things. Tell me your policy when it comes to communication. Show me how to schedule time with you. Show your certifications and your approach to continuing education. And then tell stories that prove your honesty, your professionalism, and your pleasantness. And we'll talk more about those stories later. Um, here's my other suggestion for something that just won't work very well, and that's list marketing. So loads of marketers, again, uh, will also tell you to either buy a, a, or build a list that you can send marketing emails to in the hopes that you can wear them down and they will eventually succumb to how glorious it will be to have you doing their books. Now, I'm not saying to ditch your client newsletter, and if you've built up a list, by all means, if you've figured out how to convert a good percentage of them into paying customers, I'd like to see how you're doing it. Uh, but that being said, an, an exception to this advice is uh, using email as a means of communicating to people who are already your clients. Um, timely reminders about deadlines and holidays and organizing, uh, those things are appreciated uh, by business owners from, from their vendors, but those are already clients. So here's the problem. Bookkeeping is a grudge purchase. Nobody wants a bookkeeper. Nobody wants a CPA. And whenever someone in a movie or on TV says, I want a lawyer, what they really mean is I need a lawyer. <laughs> it's a grudge transaction. It's externally motivated. 
From a customer's perspective, that means it's external to their inner desires and motivations. It's not a want, it's a need. It forces them to need what you sell. And to contrast that, um, internally motivated uh, purchases uh, and services, those are things that make people desire what you sell. Think about the kinds of purchases that we show off to each other, our cars, outfits, iPhones, uh, jewelry. Those are all internally motivated purchases. They're wants. And if you can't imagine one of your clients showing off her shiny, accurate QuickBook files, it's an externally motivated purchase. You know, you just really just blew my mind. <laughs> Come on. I mean, look at that <laughs> profit and loss. <laughs> right. Um, now, now you, you guys might enjoy that, right? I mean, the, the, the sharing of, of things, it's like, I don't know. I, I doubt that, that that's what you do because of confidentiality. So the thing is that need for external purchases it requires a trigger. Um, think of it this way. I apologize for this reference or this metaphor. I don't need a bathroom until I need a bathroom. <laughs> right? Right. For a business owner, that trigger will likely be an event or a breakdown that requires the capable services of an accountant. For example, getting the books caught up for taxes. Ah, I, I just triggered myself. Um, <laughs> That how, about, how about getting <laughs> <laughs> the word taxes? <laughs> That's a trigger. <laughs> uh -huh. How about getting organized for a bank loan? I, I wonder how many small businesses didn't even apply for pandemic relief because they just didn't have current books. Right. Gosh, we got to talk to a banker. I'm not prepared for that. I'm worried about getting sick. Um, filing timely government reports on time, sales taxes. Uh, there are industries that have reports that are financial in nature that are uh, do at different times. And those are triggers for someone that's, that's running one of those businesses. How about sharing financial information with stakeholders? Um, a family business is a, is a good example of this. And I've, I, I know this from experience. So when some of the owners of a family business are passive, for example, when a business is inherited and, and one sibling is running it, but multiple siblings have a financial stake. Uh, sometimes you need a bookkeeper to get everybody to kind of calm down and, and get on the same page. Um, how about just simply being overwhelmed with keeping up? Um, it's a great problem for a business owner to have, but the stress of getting behind just kind of builds and builds. And to your to your point there, you know, how do you how do you use a list? to find those triggers. Well, that's exactly it. The problem is there's, there is no list, Dan, of, of people who will be facing one of these external triggers. Um, we do a lot of work with home service companies, as I mentioned, and they face the same problem. I mean, can you tell me where I can buy a list of homeowners that need a new roof in the next six months? I don't think you can. Uh, where can I find out which homeowners will have clogged drains this month? And the, the other issue is there's not anything you can do to make the trigger happen. Right. Until the trigger happens, you can't get people to desire what you sell. And so that's the bad news. But the good news is when they do experience the triggering event, you won't have to convince them to buy. They're now highly motivated to buy from someone. You just have to convince them to buy from you. So here's some more good news before we get into character and story. Uh, just a short list of a few things now that you can stop doing. You can stop worrying about a USP. 
just forget about it. It, it, it. For for this type of business, that's just not uh, unless you unless you think you really are different from all the other accounting firms and bookkeeping services. Um, stop worrying about this. Um, stop trying to grow a list and marketing to it. Uh, beating yourself on the head about what kind of emails you're going to send out to get people to need a bookkeeper, and then. Inside your business, you can stop aiming operational improvements at anything that isn't something your customers care about. So um, operational improvements in communications are great. Operational improvements in uh, how you move data back and forth, uh, more certifications. Those kinds of things are things that you should be focused on. And then here's a list of things that you can start doing. Again, focus your operational improvements on the things that matter to your customers. Um, managing client expectations about communication. Spell that out on your website. Um, maintain your training and certifications. Mention it on your about page. Uh, if you have a blog, write stories that demonstrate your honesty, your professionalism, how you enjoy interactions with your clients. Whatever advertising you do, and this includes um, things like referral networks, um, aim your advertising at communicating those four factors and then use story-based ads or messages for effective communication and study how to brand an unsexy, externally triggered business. And we're getting a good start on that today. So I'll get started now with what you asked me to. <laughs> I, always thought, I always thought accounting and bookkeeping was sexy. What are you saying, unsexy? Well, <laughs> it, it is to people. If, if you're in this business, of course it is, right? You love it. Oh, I know. Um, I'm just teasing you. And and that's that's the problem. I mean, um, we have this same conversation with my plumbing clients and my HVAC guys, right? That, uh, not a lot of people think that that's a, a sexy business, and it's not something that uh, we typically go shouting about when I, you know, I, oh, you should see the new air conditioner that I have up on my roof. Let's go up there and have a look at it. Right? It's just, it's just not well, the kind of business that we share. And, and, you know, one of the things that I always tell people is, you know, if you're like Dan goes to the B&I events or if you're at a chamber luncheon or you're somewhere and you meet someone and if you say, if they're like, oh, well, what do you do? Oh, I'm an accountant or I'm a bookkeeper or I'm a tax professional. That is like a discussion ender. Oh, my gosh, you must be boring. I'm going to go talk to some other people, you know. So that's why character and story is so so important, learning more to talk how, about this, because you're right. It is a, is not a sexy business or an exciting yeah, one or and- something. So. I think and this and I, don't, is I don't necessarily mean that in, in a in a like negative way. I mean that's sexy is a metaphor as well. It's it's a business that is um, it's the type of business that we don't get excited about sharing and telling other people about until we recognize some kind of a need. Um, so uh, sexy is the metaphor that everybody kind of gets when you say that. <laughs> um, so. It was it was over a year ago that I talked to you guys about marketing to personas, and I, I took a little screenshot of, of that video, and uh, you can you can see how long it's been since I've had a, a yeah. A <laughs> um, you've you've been quarantined for quite a while. I have, right? Yeah, the, there's there's a ponytail back here too. I don't know if you can see that. Um, so what we talked about a year ago was uh, creating prototype clients, marketing to personas. That's you create these prototype clients who behave through known personality traits, and then you use them to determine what kinds of things to say in your marketing message to align it with your customer's interests. And today we are looking at it through the other end of the telescope. 
Um, we want to figure out what the persona or character of your practice would look like to someone who has no idea about who you are or what it would be like to work with you. Now, for our advertising clients, this can be a, a fairly complicated process, but once you figure out the character, uh, the stories just sort of write themselves. Now, this is a, this is, uh, there won't be a quiz on this. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, this is a, a mind map of some of the things we address when we meet with a client during a two-day uncovery session. And the items that I circled up at the top relate to how we will portray them in our messaging. So that's whether it's a website or the radio or a billboard, um, even how they answer the phone. Once you develop them as a character, it becomes really easy to write for them. Now, um, and, and, and we're not going to get this complicated uh, in, in how we make up a character today. So uh, that's kind of the exciting part of this. Um, Yay. Another, sorry, Dan. Yay. Yay. <laughs> not, not too far in the weeds in our, in our hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another popular brand character technique would be to create a made up character to represent your brand. And, and we're all familiar with things like this, the, the Maytag guy and Tony, the tiger and uh, the old spice guy. Um, and then my, my favorite, I, I threw this in just because uh, this is a, a made up brand character that, that gets memefied all the time. So it was a pretty good, uh, pretty good, thing for Dosakis to do um, and, and a little bit of, of, of an accounting bookkeeping kind of meme there. <laughs> so th this, this kind, of, kind of branding has had loads of success, but it's also not the direction that we're headed. Um, these kinds of strategies take a pretty big budget and some really serious creative spending. So we're going to talk about a shortcut on how to create a character. And I like this shortcut, and I think it works pretty well. It involves a sort of merger between a fictional character and your very favorite real-life character of all time. That's you. Now, I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone. Your accountants and bookkeepers. Most of you probably haven't done any play acting since you had the role of Jacob Marley or Atticus Finch in your high school play. <laughs> so buckle in. Um, maybe drink a glass of wine. It's, it's afternoon on the East Coast. 530 somewhere. <laughs> if, if you're, if it's not afternoon yet, then, um, you're, you have my permission to call it purple coffee. Um, <laughs> trust me, you can do this. Okay. It, it does require a bit of, 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 of imagination though. So the first step is to name a fictional character that you relate to, that you like a lot. Right. I watch this show because of that character, because I really relate to them. So ideally, this is somebody that um, maybe you can sometimes see yourself being when you watch their show or their movie. And then to merge that character to yourself, you simply allow yourself to act, to write, to communicate, um, even to create policies and practices uh, in, in the operations of your business with the lens of how would I do this if I were that fictional character? Now, this is, this is a really important part, okay? You will never, ever show explicitly that you're doing this. You're going to channel the characters if they were riding along on your shoulder and whispering in your ear. And what this technique allows you to do is to have confidence in your actions and behavior and your communication by asking yourself, how would my hero handle this? Um, so again, and I'm going to say this a couple more times 
we're not we're not ever going to say that's who I am. That's that's something that you keep inside. So um, I'm going to use an example that might be a little bit over the top. A lost wallet lies on a Manhattan street stuffed with cash. A white middle-income male New Yorker between 30 and 44 picks it up. Will he look for the rightful owner or pocket the cash? Who knows? Dan, do you know? what? What's this guy going to do? No. All right. What if it's George Costanza, the white middle-income male New Yorker between 30 and 44 from Seinfeld? What if he picks it up? Everybody knows exactly what he'll do. So if you feel like you're the George Costanza of accounting, you'd know exactly the kinds of stories you could write. You know the kind of policies you'd put in place. You know how to land, uh, let me put this a different way. You would know how low you'd stoop to land a client. You'd know what kind of clients you'd be willing to take on. And by the way, I hope you're not the George Costanza of accounting because that sounds a bit too much like a unique selling proposition and we already agreed not to go there. But that being said, yeah. And you'd be I talking promise. in third person all the time. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. And <laughs> but I promise you there are businesses who would respond well to this because they would probably recognize themselves in your behavior. Um, so I took the liberty, and we're going to go through several of these characters, and I took the liberty of changing the opening lines of, of Dan's pro-advisor bio for each of the characters we're going to be looking at. And on that pro-advisor website, when you scroll down the list of all the accountants in your zip code in that in that bio line man you only get a snippet there's only a couple lines that you can actually see so how do you pick right it seems like the, the people with the most uh reviews are at the top and then everybody else just is 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 down below but you start looking at it and it's uh, that's the same that's the same so if you were george costanza what would you write the IRS was angry that day, my friend. One phone call. <laughs> that's all they gave my client. Right? I mean, we can, we can hear George saying that. Right? Now, obviously, Dan is not the George Costanza of accounting. Uh, I like to think of him more as the Rick Astley of accounting. I think it's probably the hair. Um, you love my hair. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, let's pick someone with a few more characteristics that we might see as, as, as maybe more positive. Um, my, my wife watches a lot of, of Law & Order, right? So uh, Olivia Benson. Um, how would Olivia Benson handle phone calls, emails? Well, she'd probably be pretty prompt. She'd let people have an understanding of how communication would work. What would her opening line look like? Some things you can put them behind you, but... They do change you. Let's get caught up. Um, and, and that, you, you know, you, 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 can, you, can, you can go a lot of places with this, but you can try to get those values that you know Olivia has in those first couple of lines. And it ends up being something that's different than all the other, uh, all the other profiles that are listed there. Here's another one. Alicia Florick from The Good Wife. Um, so can you picture a story in her about us page that talks about her loyalty, her patience, uh, taking responsibility? Uh, the first couple of lines that I came up with for her, friends may come and go, but my clients stick around. We're loyal that way. And that's going to speak to the heart of people who really value loyalty as one of their, one of their core values. Well, these are so guy? good. 
What's that? All these are all these are so good. Aren't they, isn't this fun? <laughs> They're so much better than we provide bookkeeping, payroll, and taxes <laughs> for all your bookkeeping needs. Yeah. <laughs> How about this guy? Right? Nope. Any Game of Thrones uh, lovers out there? Yeah, somebody Thrones. already said, uh, I'm not sure how yeah. Daenerys Targaryen would be as an accountant. So somebody's already picked their character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this guy's solitary. He's a good counselor. He follows power. Um, the way he manages expectations might be to tell clients he'll let them know when it's time to send information. And he'll schedule time with them, not the other way around. Um, not to communicate that the client's not the boss, but that his realm and his work on the client's behalf are not a cooperative effort. When he needs someone, you can expect a raven. <laughs> his bio might start with, I can hear the numbers whispering. <laughs> True power comes when you master the numbers. The little birds. The little birds. You right? know, all of these, though, make me want to click on them to read more. Yeah. And that's right? the whole that's, point. Yeah, that's the I purpose love it. of yeah. those two lines, right? That's uh, It's an age-old advertising um, commandment, right? The purpose of the headline is to get you to read the next paragraph. And the purpose of the paragraph is to get you to read the next one. And so uh, if you can, if you can get somebody to click on your profile and then you're, you're actually speaking their language, um, because these are the words that they liked. Uh, it can be a very powerful way to get people to click in. And it's not clickbaity, right? It's not 16 uh, amazing tricks. Uh, it, it's not clickbait at all. You'll never guess what number seven is. That's right. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's, let's do another one. Severus Snape. Um, he seems like a villain, but he's actually Harry's loyal defender. And he's often misunderstood, right? And maybe you're misunderstood. You can tell a story about that on, on your website uh, or in your About Us page. It could be something like, sometimes people feel I'm a bit standoffish. That's because I'm usually thinking about their books and making sure everything is okay. I see the clues that perhaps the client's business is having challenges in some areas. This can lead to some good conversations and sometimes head off disaster. So Snape's... Uh, Profile, I make it my job to protect you. You'll find safety in tidy books and sleep all the better for it. Remember, you'd Love never <laughs> publicly reveal that you're Snape, right? I mean, that's that that's nuts. Nobody would understand what in the world you're up to. Your personal brand would feel schizophrenic. It would feel unfocused. It'd be a little weird for people. Instead, <laughs> you simply keep it on the inside and you use your character's traits and personality to give you the strength to communicate in their style. You'll still be you, but the you that you reveal to the world will have an extra layer of intrigue and depth because you're drawing on a well-developed character that so many of us already know. Let's look at one more. Um, Claire Randall, Claire Frazier. She had another name. I, I forget what it was. Um, but powerful character, right? And here's the really cool part of using a fictional character, especially one that's well-developed over a series. I, I prefer the series characters over movie characters because uh, you have hours and hours and hours of them instead of just maybe 90 minutes. So the really cool part about using a fictional character, if you remember uh, when we talked about um, um, the marketing personas, well, People have written about most of these characters and their personalities in a lot of depth. And if you go on Google and you search for Claire Randall personality type, you're going to find a whole bunch of stories 
uh, where people have said, here's why I think she's an INFJ or IS, ISFJ. Uh, and, and they don't all agree on it, but they all talk about her character. And, and so as, as you choose one, you can do this sort of research to find all this depth of how that character is going to respond to different things. And it gives you the kind of clues that you need for, uh, for writing these types of stories. Um, and it also means you can do some good research before you settle in on a character that uh, isn't a great fit for you. Right? You might think of one, and then as you as you start looking, you go, "Well, it doesn't really quite match me." Um, and then the other part about um, well, you you can also change into another character down the road w with very little consequence because the first rule of Character Club is we don't talk about Character Club, mm -hmm. right? So if you decide that you want to switch from uh, Alicia Florick to uh, uh, Claire Frazier, uh, you, you can do that and, and nobody's going to know. So what would Claire's bio line be? Now this, I, I sort of broke the, the my rule, but nobody knows that Claire Frazier's sitting on my shoulder, right? Good bookkeepers are time travelers. How far back must we go to get you caught up? Now, uh, the, the mention of time travel, as long as I don't have a picture of a time traveler in my bio, um, nobody knows that that's, that's what I'm channeling. I'm still keeping that information inside. Could be Doctor Who. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now, here, here's another really cool tip for writing these bios and uh, channeling your inner fictional character. Um, when you type George Costanza quotes into Google, the stuff practically writes itself. That's exactly what I did for each of these characters. I just aimed some real dialogue that I found by typing in uh, 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 Claire Frazier quotes. Um, and and it's just it's just a really great shortcut for figuring out what these characters would do and say. Um, I just aimed some of that real dialogue at an accounting topic. Now, highly paid professional writers did all the heavy lifting of <laughs> developing these characters right. and putting the words in their mouths. And the people that loved the words that came out of their mouths wrote stories about it and gathered up all their quotes, and they're just ready for you to find on Google. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you to do this. So now you're doing the marketing version of cosplay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What are you going to say? How and where will you say it? Your newly created character is now ready to start telling stories. Now, I said at the beginning, every story is a metaphor. Um, stories communicate the fundamental relationships between ideas, between people, and between products and customers. So, you'll find your story. And, and you all have stories. Uh, I'm, uh, we'll, we'll talk in just a second about the types of stories, but find a story, visualize it, and try to breathe some life into it with sounds, tastes, scents, and colors. Um, map it. Uh, you, you can map a story by just saying, what, what are the, what's the beginning of the story? Uh, how does it end? I like to start with the end. How does it resolve? And then where is the climax? Um, what is the body of the story leading up to that? And again, stimulate senses. So, uh, and keep it brief <laughs> and stimulate their senses. What kinds of stories should you tell? Now, we love our clients uh, that have good origin stories. 
Um, sometimes they're not so great, but you know, oh, I, I got into this business because my dad was in it and that's what I did. Right. That's, uh, that's not always the most interesting one, but there are some origin stories, um, where that is a pretty powerful one. I, I mean, I can give you an example of one here in the, in the Tucson and Phoenix area. And that's the, uh, Gettle air conditioning ad that my partner Roy wrote that one, uh, does that whole campaign. And the, the origin story is, uh, when I was 10 years old, I held the flashlight for my dad as he worked on air conditioners. So you, you can, if you have a really cool way you got into this business, that's a great story. Uh, tell a story about the time you solved a problem for your client. Um, state a belief and tell a story that shows why you believe what you do. And Dan, I have a 20 minute video on this topic uh, that talks about how to build this specific type of story. And I'd be happy to share that out if you, if you want, uh, or if anybody wants to email me, ask me for that link, I'm happy to send that. Um, yeah, we'll we'll, tell we'll put it on your, we'll put it on your landing page, uh, you know, in the blog article of, uh, of this episode. So, okay. That'd be great. Um, Tell helpful tales with a lesson at the end. I mean, if you keep a blog, um, tell me about the time you've helped a, a client. You don't have to share who the client is. That's confidential. But you can tell the story about how uh, we got this guy caught up. and he, he was three years behind in his books, and it was a mess. Uh, here's what we did, and here's how long it took. When you're telling a story, um, we want to know who the people are in the story. We want to know what is the pook. And I, I don't, <laughs> I don't even like, I don't even like acronyms, but the problem, the obstacle. Oh, the oh, oh, the C <laughs> at the end. <laughs> it's a C. Right. Ah, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people like to fit them to some kind of a known word. Not, not me. Um, <laughs> how does the story end? Uh, I would encourage you to start studying storytelling. You're already good at finding the stories and the numbers, right? I've, I've heard many accountants talk about, oh, the numbers tell a story, right? Um, I'm going to play an ad that we wrote for one of our clients in Corpus Christi. They're not a, a bookkeeper accountant. The, the ad is in the client's voice. And if I had to describe his character, it would be um, kind of Andy Griffith's fishing buddy, right? The kind of guy that Andy Griffith would go just spend the day with. All right. This guy is the salt of the earth. And this is one of his origin stories. It's a true story. And it just came out of him one day when we were talking during that uncovery meeting. And it meets all of these criteria, all three of these. License number M15795. Mrs. Smith called me her plumber. In my off hours from the hospital, that's what I was. One day she slid a check across the table and said, David, start your own business. So I bought a truck and started Royal Plumbing. I paid her back and then bought bigger trucks and hired more plumbers to carry more parts and save customers time. I'm David Havelka. Every day we work hard. We want to be your plumber. Call or go to royalplbg.com. Tell us Mrs. Smith sent you. All right, here, here's another one, same, same client. License number M15795. When Lozano laughed and cuffed me on the back of my head, he got my attention. I'm David Havelka with Royal Plumbing. When I was a plumber's apprentice, Lozano showed me the right way to dig, saving my back and muscles. We're looking for an apprentice who knows how to work, likes to learn, and has the drive to become a licensed plumber. We won't cuff you on the cabeza, but if we have your attention, apply with us. RoyalPLBG.com Now those are 30 seconds. They're not long stories, and they would work equally well as a blog post or a Facebook update, or even in a QuickBooks Pro Advisor profile page. I'm going to play one more for you. 
License number M15795. In high school, we had an assignment to name a business. Twelve years later, I started Royal Plumbing. I'm David Havelka. Royal Plumbing isn't who we are, it's how we treat you. We only employ technicians who are licensed, no codes, are background tested and drug free. We guarantee our work for two years, five years when we use our fixtures. We want to be your plumber. RoyalPLBG.com The name says it. We take the hassle out of living in a castle. Now, uh, again, they're not long stories, but they are complete stories. And it doesn't, it doesn't take uh, a whole lot of time to tell a story. Now, this is, this is something that you need if, if uh, a vamp. Um, a vamp is a ringmaster. Uh, in every circus, it's the self-promoter of someone or something other than himself. A vamp can work on stage or off stage, under the lights, behind the curtain, but crazy success usually doesn't happen without a vamp of some kind. Colonel Parker vamped Elvis. Uh, Don King vamped Muhammad Ali from the spotlight. Um, John the Baptist vamped Jesus from the wilderness. Traditional talk shows, never about the host. They're the hosts of the vamps. They're shining a spotlight on their guests. And so vamps are ad writers, uh, storytellers on behalf of someone else. Uh, there are talented people living anonymous lives in every city, town, and village wishing they could only be discovered. But discovery isn't what's needed. What's missing is a vamp, an advanced man, a promoter, somebody who's willing to work behind the scenes, fully dedicated to your success. The job of the vamp is to tell stories we could never tell about ourselves. And uh, we're going to circle back around to the idea of, of networking groups here in just a minute. But I want to show you... Uh, an example of a fictional vamp doing an amazing job of vamping his client. Uh, this is from the 2001 movie, A Knight's Tale. My lords, my ladies. And everybody else here not sitting on a cushion. equals for you are all equally blessed for I have the pride the privilege nay the pleasure of introducing to you a knight sired by knights a knight who can trace his lineage back beyond Charlemagne I first met him atop a mountain near Jerusalem, praying to God, asking his forgiveness for the Saracen blood spilt by his sword. Next, he amazed me still further in Italy when he saved a fatherless beauty from the would-be ravishings of her dreadful Turkish uncle. Oh, oh. In Greece, he spent a year in silence just to better understand the sound of a whisper. And so, without further gilding the lily, and with no more ado, I give to you the seeker of serenity, the protector 
of Italian virginity, the enforcer of our Lord God, the one, the only, Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein! This is Here's uh, here's another scene. Uh, stories don't always have to be over the top. They, they can be a little shorter. Good people! I missed my introduction! grace in my tongue and speak plain days like these are far too rare to cheapen with heavy-handed words and so i'm afraid without any ado whatsoever excuse me my lord here he is one of your own born a stone's throw from this very stadium and here before you now the son of john thatcher so yeah, Who doesn't want an intro like that? <laughs> yeah. <One more. laughs> you got to be careful, though, that you don't get so creative that you become a little obscure. Yes! Behold my Lord Ulrich, the rock, the hard place. Like a wind from Gelderland, he sweeps by, blown far from his homeland in search of glory and honor. We walk in the garden of his turbulence. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Gotta have a wingman, right? He's so there for the tip-in. <laughs> The, the job of the vamp is to tell the stories we could never tell about ourselves. And you can hire a vamp. I mean, when it comes down to it, that's my job. That's what I do for my clients. I, I help define their characters. I discover their stories. And I help them put them in front of potential customers. But there's always a shortcut. Um, join a networking group. You'll get a chance every week to practice telling stories and teaching your stories to your potential vamps. Uh, Dan and I are in the same BNI chapter, like you mentioned. And even though BNI doesn't use the word vamp, uh, the goal of every member of that networking group is to turn the rest of us into their vamp. And what you can do with what I've shared today is to just give them better stories to tell. Uh, because that's what that's what we want. When, when we give a referral to somebody, it, it's so helpful to be able to say, let me tell you about the time Dan saved the day. It was and Dave, I, I think this is great because for us, we do need those referrals. And so talking to, you know, bankers, talking to attorneys, talking to real estate agents or whoever can be a source of referrals for us. That's our vamp. Those mm -hmm. are the people that if we can share our stories and share so that they know what type of client is going to be the right client for us and everything. Um, so I think if we think of VAMPs as our referral sources and our networking mm -hmm. referrals, I think this is a great example for people. I love it. Thanks. Thanks. And that's that's really it. Um, 
I, I, again, I, I, we didn't get deep into the woods in storytelling, but there's there's loads of material. I, I would just suggest that you study it. Um, well, and Dave, I, I just want to share because somebody had put in the chat that they don't think stories are that important that people don't care. And I, I said I respectfully disagree because over the years I, I present and train, you know, to other accountants and bookkeepers. And over the years, I didn't realize what I was doing, but I had developed lots of stories from my experiences working with clients to share with people to, you know, illustrate what not to do or a success or whatever mm -hmm. to, to teach a lesson, if you will, or, or share something like you said that I had accomplished with a client or I had started using stories without realizing it. And, and now I've learned more about stories. And I read somewhere that people will remember the story 22 times more and they will remember the lesson or the, the whatever it is. So especially if you're using your vamp or your referral network, for them to remember, like you just said, oh, I remember when Dan did this for a client or whatever. It's way more impactful than just call Dan. He's a great guy, mm -hmm. you know. And so I, I love this about the stories. And um, I, yes. I have been using them for quite a while and they really do work well. There's a there's a mortgage broker in our BNI group that um, gave his talk. It, it, the, the way BNI works is everybody gets to talk for 45 seconds in our group every every week. But one person gets to talk for 10 minutes and they get to tell tell about their business so that you can help. Uh, it helps you create referrals for them. Well, uh, this guy's a mortgage guy and he could have spent 10 minutes talking about the ins and outs of mortgages, right? Oh, here's what a variable rate. Here's what a balloon payment yeah. is. No, he told us three stories. He told us about um, a guy who didn't think he could get a mortgage because it was uh, everybody else was advising him to declare bankruptcy. He told another story about a, a guy who had gotten divorced and, and didn't think he would ever be able to own another house and how he helped him uh, get a house. And I forget what the third one, but, but the point was that there were three amazingly well-told stories, uh, not a single slide. And uh, that's uh, that's the presentation that, that I remember from the, from the past six months. It's, it's not somebody talking about, you know, what the inside of a water heater looks like if you don't right. clean it out. So uh, I, I think they're incredibly powerful. And, you know, I think that's great. You know, we were joking earlier about have a drink of something. And I think this is a great opportunity for us as accountants who sometimes we're not as creative. And I can't think of a story, Dave. I don't know how to do this. I'm an accountant. I don't have that side of my brain. Sit back, have a few drinks, especially if you're with friends, have a Zoom with a few friends or or whatever. But sit and have a drink and think back of the stories when someone would ask you, you know, what's one of your worst client experiences? What's the biggest inventory problem you ever solved? What about payroll problem that you've solved? Mm -hmm. Or think about the the, re the experiences and things that you've done over the years with your clients, especially when it's been a big mess or you had a big problem or whatever. And, you know, what you did for the client and stuff, that's your stories. That's how you can pull mm -hmm. out your story. You know, and like Dave said, you know, how did you get started? You know, I've got a great story about, you know, this client that I represented before the IRS. And that's part of why I don't do taxes anymore, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so going through your history and your experiences. And if you have a drink or two, I think it flows better and you start thinking about it. Of course, you're going to do this in private, not in front of clients or anything like that. But sure. it helps you to to work on your character and your stories, I think. You, know, you think about the stories we tell about uh, family vacations even, right? Yes. If, if you ask me about a family vacation, I'm not going to tell you about the time 
we went, we planned it, and everything went perfect according to plan. I'm going to tell you about the time we were driving across from Las Vegas to L.A., and the air conditioner in the van broke. <laughs> right, and uh, that's the story. It, it's how we overcame adversity. Yep. What when, happened? Yeah, when something it? goes wrong, those are the, the stories we, on our last cruise that we took with our family we were laughing at the time like and now i can't remember what it was but whatever had happened we're like boy we're gonna have great stories to tell about this one because mm -hmm. those make good stories so absolutely well, there's so, a um there's ahead, a question Dan. here about uh, somebody took the uh the myers-briggs uh personality test uh so your suggestion dave is to use that to to build your character storyline or well, how, how so does that if you just here's here's what I do. If, if you just took the Myers Briggs personality test, um, you can you can Google um, whatever fictional character you're thinking about using and see if they align with yours. That will be a a, a really good one to use. Um, when we talked last time, and Dan, maybe you can link to that uh, that other video. Um, we used the Myers-Briggs personality profiles as ways to create marketing personas. So um, I don't know who that person was, whatever their uh, Myers-Briggs uh, type is. Um, the point of that exercise was how do we write uh, stories, headlines, uh, web copy in a way that people of that personality type will respond well that they'll relate to it. So um, the, the data shows that a lot of bookkeepers and accountants are ISTJs, so an SJ type. Um, our marketing shorthand for an SJ type is a methodical. And these are people that want the T's crossed and the I's dotted, and they, they read the fine print. They read instruction manuals. Um, right Now, your business owners may not, your, your clients may not be that type. Um, they may be more of an NT, uh, uh, what we'd call a competitive. And it's just like, no, I just want the bullets. Uh, let's just get this done. Uh, are you good? You're good. All right. That's all I need to know. Yeah. And what, um, and what, uh, what we, what, what I got out of the last time that we talked about, about those types of things is that, you know, a lot of times we just speak to our own personality type when we write our own things and, not knowing that there's others that are out there that might pick up on something. And that's, that's really what, what that boils down to is making sure that you're including those other personality types in your marketing content so that they are attracted to something that maybe you, uh, you can, you can offer. And, and the, the biggest mistake you can make is to assume that all of your clients and potential clients think the way you do. Um, it's sort of, I mean, it's like the person that said they don't, they don't like stories and don't believe in them. Uh, I don't, those are probably not the words that they, that they used, but, um, the, the fact that the rest of us do says maybe you should tell us a story. Right? We like hearing stories. Well, and I would, um, I would add in here too. Somebody said, uh, if they know I've done what they need done successfully before, they trust me more. And I think that's part of it, you know, sharing, you know, that you help the client overcome this or you help the client overcome that. Or, you know, I had a client who was so upset and worried because his inventory was such a mess and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, by the time we were finished, he was able to sleep better at night. And that was a huge relief off his shoulders or something, you know, so so sharing that story illustrates, you know, our competency and our 
our experience and expertise without just saying, I'm an expert in inventory or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so sharing those problems that we've solved and the benefits that we provided for the clients. And I, I think that's great. Plus, I think it's easier for us to talk about it in the form of a story, you know, so I think I think this has just been great. Um, I, I think it's a very timely topic, very needed and something that I, I know somebody just put on here. Um, another Michelle. I love Michelle. I love this training out of the box for accounting type. Definitely stirred creativity inside of me. I'm excited to apply it to my marketing efforts. So I think this has been great, Dave. I, I love that you joined us again and shared this with us. Well, thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure. Uh, glad glad I could do it. Um, and uh, and and on our on our uh, blog page that we'll have the replay of this later on. Uh, if you need uh, Dave's help, uh, he's he's offering a thirty minute free consultation uh, where he can, or or even maybe longer than that. Right? Well, I mean, so the the thirty minute the the link that I think you're giving people is is to just set up a thirty minute call with me. It doesn't even have to be thirty minutes. But one mm -hmm. of the things we offer, and it was on that opening slide, is a ninety minute sort of a work session. With anybody that's that's thinking about these kinds of things, so and we do that. Uh, if you have, uh, if you've got some care, or try to figure out um, an ad budget, um, and then maybe uh, what the highest and best use of that budget would be. Uh, should they be in mass media or uh, other other forms of advertising? Um, but that's that 30 minute call kind of leads into that because we, we will ask you to do a little bit of homework before the free 90 minute one. But a lot gotcha. of people get a lot of value out of it. Wonderful. Cool. So everybody should make sure you go get those slides. So you've got uh, that information. Um, but again, I, I thought this was very timely and wonderful, Dave. So thank you very much for spending your time with us. I, I thought it was great. I enjoyed it a lot. So thank you very much. And uh, Everton said, excellent presentation, feeling empowered and motivated best training on this topic I've seen. So you've got lots of people who have absolutely loved it out there. Got Thanks. some fans, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> the Dave Young fan oh, club. All, right. uh, all are welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no initiation. Um, <laughs> uh, not that we would tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so again, remember uh, next, next power hour, we're, we're, we're taking off for, for, Thanksgiving. So we'll see you in four weeks uh, for the next uh, QB Power Hour. But we'll Thanks keep in touch us. on the Facebook page. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks again, Dave, for joining us. I'll and Michelle. Me on the Facebook page. I'll, I'll jump in there too if people have questions. All right. Great idea. <laughs> All right. All right. We guys have a great day and we'll Thanks. see you next time. Thanks, everyone. Bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to the QB Power Hour podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to ask them in our Facebook group. You can find those resources and much more at qbpowerhour.com.